The victory at Vimy Ridge in France 100 years ago remains Canada's most storied attack of the First World War. Beginning on April 9, 1917, all four Canadian divisions advanced side by side for the first time in a single attack. But the victory came at a cost. During four days of fighting, Canada suffered more than 10,000 casualties. While the success at Vimy filled most Canadians with national pride, it left many families to mourn the loss of their loved ones. The memory of the battle and the impact it had on the country continue to resonate. Today, war letters offer a window on that long ago time. Here, in their own words, are the stories of the soldiers who fought and the loved ones back home who cherished them. On April 7, 1917, William Bell of Innisfree, Alberta, wrote his mother to reassure her he was doing fine. He described the intense shelling that was pummeling the German lines at Vimy Ridge prior to the actual battle. Dear Mother, Well, I guess it's about time I wrote you a few lines to let you know I'm still alive and kicking. We are out of the trenches training to go over the top, but we'll be doing the real thing in a couple of days. But I don't think we'll have much fighting, because the Germans are coming over and giving themselves up. They say our shellfire is hellish. They can't get anything to eat, and their troops can't get up to relieve them. But Fritz ain't sitting back and taking it all. He has our trenches, and the mud is up to a fellow's waist. It is sure some mess. It is getting a little better now here. The sun has been shining a couple times this last week. The sun is a kind of stranger here. That's about all I can say just now. Bill. Sadly, by the time the letter reached home, Bill was already dead, killed on April 10th, the second day of fighting at Vimy Ridge. A telegram from the Great Northwestern Telegraph Company broke the terrible news. Deeply regret to inform you, Private William Henry Bell, infantry, previously reported wounded, now officially reported killed in action. On May 13th, a Mrs. B.R. Empey wrote a letter to Bill's mother expressing her condolences. Dear friend, Mrs. Bell, I would like to send a line or two of sympathy to you for the loss of your boy. It's hard to find words to help heal a broken heart, and I'm sure your heart feels like that at this time. It seems so hard to think he had to meet death in that way. But so many mothers have lost more than one boy in this way. When we stop to think of it, it does seem so cruel to have the best of manhood taken from our country. They are brave lads to try to save our country by giving their life to save it. May these few lines be the language of your heart and mine. Goodbye, from your true friend, Mrs. B.R. Empey. Maurice Bracewell of Vancouver was a stretcher-bearer at Vimy Ridge. In his memoir, he described a gas attack, meant to wear down the German defenses, that went horribly wrong in weeks prior to the Vimy Offensive. It was known as the March 1st gas raid. When the time planned for the raid arrived, wind conditions were unfavorable, so it was postponed. At the end of the time, the weather was still unfavorable, so a further delay of two days was made. When the third time set arrived, the weather was terrible. 
The wind was blowing very strongly right into our own lines. The army brass ruled, however, that the attack must go as planned, irrespective of what happened. The German staff knew all about the impending attack and were sitting waiting for it. The gas was turned on prior to the start of the artillery barrage, and the men stood in it, in their gas masks. Most of them were cut down as soon as they started out. Needless to say, our men were wiped out. What had happened was tragic indeed. We worked night and day on burial parties and even traded dead with the German burial parties too. Such is war. Thousands of soldiers were wounded at Vimy Ridge. On the first day of fighting, George Broom of Melfort, Saskatchewan was shot in the spine. He survived and was sent to a hospital in England. On April 21st, Broom's father sent a letter to a woman named Millie, updating her on George's condition. My dear Mill, I expect you have heard by this time that poor Georgie was wounded at Vimy Ridge on Easter Monday, April the 9th. I'm sorry to say it is rather a serious case. At present, the bullet is still in his spine, but they hope to operate on Monday. One comfort I can give you is that everything that can be done for him is being done. He looks very well indeed and is so bright and cheerful. It is such hard luck for him, only 20. We are all very, very sorry indeed, dear Mill. Life in England is not very bright nowadays. All over the place you see wounded soldiers and the price of things is terrible. We have to go. The medical team managed to remove the bullet but Broom was left paralyzed. Sadly, he died seven months later. A telegram to his family explained that his death occurred after he fell dangerously ill and was re-hospitalized. Like all soldiers, Jay Moyer of Toronto loved getting care packages from home. On April 13, 1917, Moyer's sister Violet wrote Jay to express her happiness over receiving a letter from him earlier in March. Dear Jay, my word, but it is good to get your letters. I have been home for the holidays, supposed to be studying for my exams which begin on Monday, but it seems to me I have put in most of my time waiting for the postman. I am awfully glad you got the box with the pies, and you can look for another soon after this letter. We were awfully glad for the picture last week. We picked you out all right, and if the likeness doesn't flatter you, at least you don't look starving, much to mother's relief. I suppose it's your Quaker oats and such that keep you nice and fat. Mother and Arthur went to the country yesterday and are staying till Monday. Mother did not want to go as she was worrying about you since the fighting on Vimy Ridge. I wonder if you have been in the big doings. Oh, I have thousands of questions I could ask you if only I had the chance. I'll write again the day my exams finish. I hope you get this and don't get too gay in this spring advance. Remember the mince pies coming. Love, Violet. Little did Violet know that as she was writing her letter, her brother was already dead, killed on the first day of fighting at Vimy Ridge. Sydney Winterbottom of Kamloops, British Columbia, fought at Vimy Ridge and on April 23rd sent a letter to his parents describing the attack. Dearest Mom and Dad, Well, I suppose you have guessed by now, 
I went over the top on the first day of the big push. Our battalion were very lucky as regards to casualties, only 16 killed. Of course, there were quite a few others wounded. Well, I will try to describe this push. On the evening of the 8th of April, we moved into the jumping off trenches, and everyone was cheerful as a picnic, although it was pretty cold and raw waiting. Pretty soon, our artillery opened up the barrage. <laughs> the holy Moses, it was a wonderful sight. Thousands of guns of every size were roaring at once. The air hit you in the face as if someone was thumping it with a towel. Four tanks suddenly crawled up out of somewhere and started off in Heine's direction. They looked rather funny. These tanks, however, were not able to keep up very much for the indescribable mud. Around five in the morning, the first division of Canadians went over the top. We went over around eight o'clock. You should have seen how Fritz's trenches were smashed up by our gunfire. Have you ever seen the old ocean torn about with a gale? Well, that is just what the trenches look like. We kept going, always behind our barrage of shrapnel. All we had to do was follow up the barrage. It did the work. Our gun section went over the whole course without a single casualty. A whiz-bang almost got me. I felt all through it that I was Jake, because I knew you all at home and the relatives had prayed for my safety. Therefore, I knew I was fine and dandy. If I return home, don't expect to see the lad who left you, as I have changed. A little older looking, I guess. I also enjoy a good cigar and a drink of beer once in a while. But otherwise, I'm the same. Oh yes, I, I chew tobacco when in the line. You have to do something when you can't smoke or you would go bug house. I hope to be back home towards September to have that deer hunt. Therefore, Dad, don't go and die before I return for the love of Pete or I'll never forgive you. With fondest love, lovingly, Sid. Winterbottom never got to have that deer hunt. He died on November 6, 1917, at the age of 22. His death was front-page news back in Kamloops. The local paper mentioned that Sydney's death was a shock to the entire community and a sad blow to the family. Today, it's hard to fathom how the soldiers of the Great War managed to cope and survive under such horrific conditions. In the end, it was because they were fighting for each other, their trench mates, for the men to their left and their right, as they all went over the top together. On May 8, 1917, Frank Whitting spoke of these bonds of friendship in a letter of condolence sent to the mother of his friend. Charles Richardson of Grenfell, Saskatchewan. Dear Madam, No doubt the authorities will have notified you long ere this of the death of your son. I would have written sooner, but it was not until this morning that I could get the few details I wanted. Dick, as we called him at college and in the regiment, was with his company when they made their heroic charge on Vimy Ridge on April 9th. They took the first three lines of trenches, and had got as far as the Foley Wood on the crest of the ridge when a German shell landed, killing two outright, and mortally wounding Dick. Though badly hit, he walked partway to the dressing station, but was unable to complete the journey, and had to be carried on a stretcher. He seemed in great pain for a time, though he said little and only asked for a doctor. Half an hour or so later, the pain went away, and he seemed to fall asleep. This gently passed into unconsciousness, in which state he died. That night he was buried in the wood, 
and a white cross with his name and regiment marks the spot. To me, Dick was something more than my senior at college, or comrade in arms. I'm a better man through having known him, and many others can say the same. He was pure gold right through. In writing these few feeble lines, I've tried to convey to you the place your son held in the hearts of all who knew him. You, his mother, will appreciate him best, I know, and grieve the most, but there are many of us who claim the honor to share that feeling. If it should be that I am spared to return to Canada, I should deem it a high privilege to meet and grasp the hand of the mother of Dick, Prince of Men. Believe me, I remain yours in deepest sympathy, Frank J. Whitting. We would like to thank Vancouver Island University's Canadian Letters and Images Project for providing original source material. For more stories from the First World War, visit Canada's Great War Album online at greatwaralbum.ca. Visit canadashistory.ca forward slash Voices of Vimy, where you can read these letters, look at images from the Great War, and learn more about the music used in this podcast.